make sure that person is a compliment to you. Cause I also hear a lot of people say, I just need to clone myself. No, sweetie, please don't do that. Cause then it'll be the blind leading the blind and you'll still have the blind spots that so don't get done. December 25th, 2018. It was our first Christmas in our new million dollar home. I checked all the boxes that promised me real freedom. I had a booming business, raving fans, money, assets. And yet I was still sitting there on the couch pretending that I was watching that Christmas movie with my family while I was choking down the poison of anxiety. I still felt like that desperate kid who would take her clothes off for money. The kid who nearly overdosed to try to prove her worth to her friends. The kid that got pregnant at 19. I felt stuck. Like I was stuck in the sands of time. I did all the right things all the things that promised me freedom and it didn't add up. I realized a few things. I was still checking someone else's box. This was going to be an inside job and I would do whatever it took to never feel that way again. Consider this podcast the rebranded, revamped, cool-ass version of Alternative School. Alternative school for the unruly entrepreneur. This is for the innovators, the creators, the world changers, the service minded, and those who want the details on how to create a business that really, truly, finally fucking sets you free. I'm your host, Andrea Crowder, and welcome to the Unruly Entrepreneur Podcast. Let's go to the show. Okay, say that one more time for the audience now that we're recording. <laughs> uh, burned out business owners, burned down businesses. Yes. Welcome to the show, Lauren Goldstein. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Thank okay. you so much for having me. I've been looking yeah. forward to this. Absolutely. So Lauren is a business consultant. She's the host of the Biz Doctor podcast. Um, and I love the name Biz Doctor because I think I'm kind of the same. I'm just branded very, very differently. I would say more I'm... I'm more about like the human necessarily than the business, but I think ultimately we probably do very similar things. So, um, before we finally hit record when Lauren and I were chatting, one of the things that we're both agreeing on is like how easy it can be to get your business to where you think you want it to go. And then you realize you've built yourself into a little bit of like you're a bougie prison is what I say often. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and so you're a consultant and you're really great at, um, teaching people methods to be able to, I would say, build themselves out of the business. And then you said it differently and remind me the specific word that you used. Oh gosh. I, I don't know if I remember the specific word, but just getting out of the day to day and out from yeah. underneath the, the business out of the trenches. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You said it so succinctly with one word. It, uh, anyways, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm now I'm really curious what that word was. I wonder if I can, I can remember what it is. <laughs> It'll pop know. back up in a second. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, okay. So let's say somebody has built themselves into, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollar business. I bet you that the majority of the listeners right now would be like, yes, like that's the path that I'm on right now. Maybe they're, they have some momentum or they're getting really close. I would say more of the majority of the people listening are probably on that path. What are some, what are some of the first things that you would look at if you came in as a consultant to make sure that by the time they got there, they're going to actually be really happy with a business that they still have. Got it. Yes. Um, so first I think the word that we were looking for is extricate. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm like, it was an E word, I think. Yes. Um, so in terms of, of building your business and, and not waking up one day and realizing that you are climbing the ladder on the wrong wall, mm. I, I think the, the question that's really been rolling around a lot of my clients minds and my minds today is would you buy your business? Like if like tomorrow, if you were buying a business, would you buy your business? And the reason I think that's such a powerful question is because when we start our business, we're really doing it to solve a problem. We're probably trying to break free from some other shackles and have more freedom. 
that then we get so stuck in the doing and then these business barnacles form. And then all of a sudden, to your point, you just like boxed yourself into this job that's disguised as a business. And so if you think about, would you buy your business tomorrow? It really makes you think about how to build your business in a way where you are not the linchpin and everything doesn't rely on you. And so I think when you get to a hundred thousand dollars, that is, that is the number you said, right? I'm not misremembering. Okay. When you get to a hundred thousand dollars, I think that's actually a really pivotal moment where you're starting to have predictive income, predictive sales. You've got like the flow moving through the business. And so it's the time to ask like what needs to happen so that I don't inadvertently solidify myself in this position of being the sole executor and creating leverage. Cause you can create leverage in a lot of different ways in your business. You can do it with team. You can do it with technology. You can do it with products and services. The, the question though, is like, what is the right business for me? And am I building a legacy business or am I building a lifestyle business? Cause the way that you scale both of those is, is nuanced and different. How would you describe a legacy business and a lifestyle difference? What would the differences be? Ooh, so in my mind, a lifestyle business, and this might be hard for people to hear. So sorry, mm-hmm. trigger warning, a lifestyle business will die with you. Like you're essentially the deliverable. You're the face of it. It runs around you and it provides the lifestyle that you want versus a legacy business is something that you can package up and pretty much hand over to somebody, whether that's somebody in your family that you're passing it on to, whether it's been acquired. Um, I mean, many different ways, but the big difference is one has, you know, how does this happen with me versus how does this happen without me? And that's a big mindset shift. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs today don't understand the nuanced difference of how you start building and executing and scaling those. Okay. How timely is this conversation? (laughs) Um, so good. Okay. So one of the things, like my North star, my vision for myself and for my business is I want a business that has longer legs than I do. Mm-hmm. So if like, if I'm six feet under, like my business is still running, it can run faster, it can run longer, I can stop and it will keep going. So every decision that I make is like, how do I build myself out of it to where I can still be a part of the business because I love it. I enjoy it, but also it's not dependent on me. So like mm-hmm. making it's interesting that I'm having this conversation with you today, of course, not really because <laughs> last month I took like a, almost a $20,000 loss by -hmm. letting my team run something that like didn't work out perfectly. And I watched and I let it happen because I knew I'm like, if I step in and if I fix this for them, that decision right there is not creating a business that has longer legs than I do. Mm -hmm. So I took the L knowing that next year it'll be a major win. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like they were running, um, a sale and like the sale would normally bring in, I don't know, anywhere between we've had sales usually on the lower end around 20,000 on the higher end, we've had $180,000 sales and, um, it was a $2,000 sale. <gasps> and I was less like, this is fascinating. And I'm watching and I'm like, I'm seeing it. I know exactly why I'm like making notes because I'm like, well, we'll have a meeting and then I'll tell them like what we need to improve next time. The coolest thing that happened though, is that I didn't even need to have the meeting because my team came back to me and they're like, here's all the things that need to happen next time. They already knew that right there is creating a business that has longer legs than I do. So yes, like, I love this. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> I'm like, how timely. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, lo- I love this. And actually one of my favorite homework assignments, because sometimes I come in as fractional COO and one of my favorite assignments, whether I'm in fractional COO mode or business advisor and consultant is, um, the two week stress test. So it's, it's a pretty famous, uh, phenomenon, but essentially if you take two weeks completely unplugged from your business, like I'm talking, you're really on a desert Island that doesn't have Wi-Fi, doesn't have Slack. You can't phone home and you just let your business run, will it, will it maybe like bump along? Will it thrive? Will it burn to the ground? I don't know, but 
by taking that time off and not being the duct taper or the fire putter outer, like you actually enable your business to show you what's stopping you from being out of the trenches. Mm. And it's very unsettling to a lot of entrepreneurs because I'm going to make a generalization here, but generally we're type a a little OCD like control. And Mm -hmm. so like, I love what you did where you just like sat on your hands and let it play out. Cause that's very hard to do to let our team like fall on their face when we know how to fix it. But our, our prime directive as leaders is to create other leaders. Yeah. And so I love that. And I know that in every situation where I've given this homework, I mean, one time, I mean, they, I do sometimes let them negotiate where they're like, can I just do one week? And I'm like, okay, fine. We'll do one week. Let's start um, with the baby steps. Like, it used to be one steps. day for me yeah. <laughs> way back in the day. Um, <laughs> and then they're like, either it's really funny. Cause when they come back, like, it's kind of, I don't have children, but I, I think it would kind of be, I would equate it to like leaving your newborn for the first time where you're like, like, do they have, like, does everybody have what you need? And then, you know, then you come back and you're like, oh, actually nothing broke or a lot of things broke, but they weren't emergencies or, oh crap. Like we got a lot of work to do. And it gives you like that supreme clarity on what's working, what isn't, what needs to change. And also, frankly, who on your team you can really count on to help you get to that next level. Okay. So, um, inquiring wines would like to know, do we inform the team ahead of time or oh, are absolutely. we just like, <laughs> like <laughs> my poor team is going to be like, Hey, guess what guys? Bye for two weeks. <laughs> Bye for two weeks. Yeah. No, I, I don't think that would be supportive. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I've never been like, okay, so this is a secret nobody knows you're just going to like disappear off the face of the earth and they're going to ha- file a missing person that I think throws <laughs> out the business in not a good way. You definitely say like, Hey guys, we're going to do, you know, I'm going, you don't tell them you're doing a stress test, but you're like, Hey, I'm actually going to take a vacation for two weeks. I'm going to be completely off the grid. I trust you guys explicitly. You guys can figure it out. I will be unavailable. And granted, you can be available. Now my team's going to know because they're going to hear this episode and they're going to be like, next time Andrea goes anywhere for two weeks and says she's totally off the grid, we're right? being tested. Right. I know. I mean, granted, you can have like a safe word if like really something does happen <laughs> where word, like, yes. you know, everything has caught on fire. And if you don't come back to do something like it will burn down, I I haven't seen that happen mm-hmm. um, because I think the thing that I like to remind my clients of most often is so, so rarely, is there anything that's a true emergency? Yeah. Like unless there's bones and blood, it's really not an emergency. Even AWS going down. I mean, I know this, I think this happened recently, but I remember five years ago, like all of AWS went down and it took down like 70% of websites. And so I'm getting calls and like, okay, yeah, this is an emergency, but we can't do anything. So mm-hmm. I don't know, go read a book. <laughs> <laughs> like COVID all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> everybody's like locked in their house. Um, breathe for the first time in seven years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Friends, exactly. Guys. Let's go back to what you said right when we started, which is, would you want to buy your business? Mm-hmm. What would be the indicators to someone that like this would be a sellable business um, or like something that they might want to start looking at and maybe making some tweaks? Maybe you could put it in a little bit more of a, a mm-hmm. sequential order of like, I would probably start here if things are kind of flimsy. Mm. Well, I was reminded recently that everyone exits their business at some point. Mm-hmm. The difference is whether you exit on your terms or not. So for example, during the times of Rona, there were a ton of people that exited their business because they literally had no business from one day to the next. Yeah. And so that was not a planned exit or there's health issues or any number of things could happen. And so when you're looking at exiting your business or selling your business, the big question is, can somebody who isn't you come in and run your business? And if the answer is no, then 
then that's, you know, like Ricky says to Lucy, you got some explaining to do because that means essentially you have a business that's disguised as a job. Like if you had a family emergency and had to take a week off and your business wouldn't grow or wouldn't run, then that's another sign. And so the place to start, if you're like, well, I wouldn't buy my business is in my opinion, the, the back end of your business, because I've seen a lot, a lot of businesses that are very, very high end revenue and very, very low profitability. And so they're just like one launch away from being out of business and they're just stuck in this cycle, which is to be honest, very stressful because you've got the ups and downs. And so the place that I would start is the actual foundation of your business, which is the teams, which is the operations, which is the fulfillment and really asking where are the revenue cliffs in my business? Where are the concentrated risks? Do I have a team that can really run this without me and then have the operations backing up the team? Mm-hmm. And I say this kind of tongue in cheek, but remembering that as your business grows and then eventually scales, it should get more simple, not more complicated. Mm-hmm. And so I see a lot of businesses, especially in the early six to million dollar mark that are highly, highly, highly leveraged in technology and team. And they don't need to be like, they have a lot of bloat. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at like your expenses versus your income, chances are there's a lot of things that can just either be simplified or called out to make it more efficient and profitable. Yes. I love that. That's a huge intention on, um, on my team too. I just had a phone call with my CFO and she's like, we're at like 48% profit margins. And I was like, perfect. That's mm-hmm. like my, my, um, my profits have grown a lot. My expensive expenses have grown only a little. And that's just in like how much I'm paying my team. Like I've increased, but yeah, like I make sure my team is compensated on like the higher end of the market, but in terms of like major investments and all the trinkets and like, we are so fucking simple on our team. And it's duplicable too, which I love. So I asked myself that very same question two years ago, could my business run without me? And it couldn't run for a second without me. Mm. And I was like, something has to change. So that was maybe not even two full years ago, maybe like a year, year and a half ago. And so like, that was my intention then it's like, number one, I had to start putting a team together because I, I had a VA, um, who would like answer my emails, but I still wasn't like letting her help much. So there's a whole lot of inner work, um, for you, sweetie pants entrepreneurs. And I call you sweetie pants. Cause I'm more like talking to old Andrea, <laughs> like what a cutie pants that would like, did not trust anyone. Right. And yeah. now here I am. I think like the ultimate flex is like, I let myself lose almost 20 K to teach someone else a lesson. And it felt so good. And I'm like, I'm so proud of myself because there's such not a very much older version of me that would have never let that happen. So like, yeah, yeah. Vision, I, guys, vision. <laughs> I applaud you. Cause I was, I was in a company, um, which these numbers will blow your mind. So 60 million ish in revenue, 160 people. Mm-hmm. And the leadership was running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And I, so one of my signature things is doing a diagnostic. I come in and do a diagnostic deep dive, but when I'm in a fractional COO role, it's even deeper. Cause I spend the first 30 to 60 days just observing mm-hmm. and talking to the team. And, and I had a conversation and I said, well, I have good news and I have bad news. <laughs> The good news is this is very fixable. The bad news is that you guys are enabling the crap out of the team. And the reason that you can't get out is because you're not actually teaching them to critically think and be leaders. Yeah. So every time they come to you, instead of taking the time, which seems like a pain in the butt to actually explain how like your methodology or your critical thinking around something and teach them how to think like you, you're just like, thanks, I'll fix it. And then you have this graveyard of broken promises that you haven't fixed. That's just trailing behind you. Right. And it's, it's a big mindset shift. And, and we spent a lot of months where I felt like I was the mom where I was like, no, you're not going to do that. They get to (laughs) like, stop doing that. And it's just, it's like, 
this this change and you know I, I call a lot of these things business barnacles and bad habits that happen when you're when you're being scrappy and you're bootstrapping and you're doing the thing that you love and then you have this team that kind of is also throwing spaghetti at the wall and then all of a sudden you're like oh we need to we need to grow up a little bit how do we do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh I love this conversation so much because number one we think anybody who has a 60 million dollar business must have it all together. So it's <laughs> such a re I know. <laughs> I I know now, but there's definitely a version of me that's like, they're they're so amazing. They have it all together. Their life must be so easy. And the truth is, is like if nothing changes, nothing changes. More money doesn't fix anything. More money, in fact, oftentimes just increases stress and gives you a hell of a lot more um, problems to solve. So, okay. So let's go back to, let's say somebody has a VA and maybe they're like where I was a couple of years ago and they need to start putting SOPs into place, um, creating structure. Maybe they're running an online brand. I would say probably the majority of my people are in the coaching industry. Um, and what, where would you say that you would start? Like what would be the most important place to start? Mm-hmm. Well, um, this, this might be a little counterintuitive, but it plays into your comment about revenue. The first place I would start is stopping judging your business health on your revenue. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people who are building a new business are like, oh, we're doing great. And they look at revenue as the bellwether. But in fact, revenue is a very lagging metric. And if you don't know the metrics that actually get you to revenue, then chances are, then you're just going to be chasing revenue and you're like, oh, we need more sales today, but you're not actually fixing the root cause of why sales are down, which probably happened two, four, six weeks before. So that's the first place I would start is to break that habit. If you're doing that and start looking at profitability and where your revenue is actually coming from. And then the second is probably going to break some brains. So a mistake that I see a lot when you're first hiring your first, second person is hiring somebody to take tasks off your plate, which in theory sounds really great. Like I want them to do this. However, you end up in general hiring a worker bee instead of a player. So worker bees, completely essential. However, a complete time suck if you don't have a player managing them and you are managing them. Because what happens with worker bees, they're generally task oriented. They're not big thinkers. They're not critical thinkers, like they're doers. And again, we need doers. But what happens when you have a doer that you are managing is you are now doing two people's jobs. You're doing your job. And then you're also thinking of things for them to do. And chances are you'll say things like, why can't they just do their job? Or can they not think of things to do? Why am I always telling them what to do? Because you got a worker bee. Versus a player comes with a plan. Players also produce profits, whereas worker bees create expenses. So if you're hiring that VA, make sure that person is a compliment to you. Because I also hear a lot of people say, I just need to clone myself. No, sweetie, please don't do that because then it'll be the blind leading the blind and you'll still have the blind spots that don't get done. (laughs) So figure out what categories and energies in your business are not your unique ability. Figure out what those are and then hire somebody who's an expert in those things that will actually move your business forward. Hmm. Because you probably almost guarantee you do not need a full-time person, you can find a part-time expert in a few pieces of your business that will actually move the needle and have a way bigger impact than having a full-time VA or don't get me started on OBMs. Like it's that unicorns don't exist. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but if you strategically and proactively figure out what is actually going to move your business forward and create time for you, so that you can actually build and work on your business, you'll have a much bigger impact than just hiring a VA or an OBM to take stuff off your plate. Because especially when it comes to unicorns, which a lot of people try and find someone that can do all the things, they can never do all the things. And then you have conversations like, why is this not getting done? This is a priority. The reason it's not getting done is because that person knows 
consciously or consciously that that's not their expertise or skill set. So they're deprioritizing it until it actually has to get done. Yep. We, we talk about this a lot in my program called daddy energy, and it's all around like creating masculine structure around the visionary mm-hmm. and, um, and the, there's this metaphor that I use around, like, you would never try to put a wiper blade on like the spoke of a wheel on a car to like, let the wiper blade be the wiper blade. It's the happiest wiper blade on the planet to do its number one job was just yep. keep the brain off of the windshield while you're driving. It's necessary. Please don't try to put it in on, on another part of the car and vice versa. The wheel doesn't belong on the windshield. <laughs> yeah, no, so not. like keep <laughs> keep the parts where they go, but all of them together, keep the car moving and it runs really smoothly. But yes, Mm -hmm. like nobody can do it all. And there will be people out there. They're going to say, yes, I can do that. My COO at first was a, yes, I can do that person. And me being me, like my area of expertise is human performance. Um, and I'm staring at her and I'm like, girl, say no. Mm -hmm. Hey, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like all of my, I had to decondition all, every single person on my team to behave the way that, um, that you're talking about right now. And now I'm like, I have a team full of unicorns, but they're a unicorn at one thing or like one little area, right? Together, it makes a tremendous amount of power, but you're not going to find that in one person. So like it is a slow process, but I liked what you said about like, start with a strategic thinker instead of the worker bee. I did the opposite. And then I realized like uh, this, you're right. It was becoming an additional job for me and frustrating. And then I would just stop. Like I would pay people and I'm like, I'm not really going to ask them to do that. Yeah. (laughs) But I was yep. already paying them and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this is problematic. Mm-hmm. Like now I have just money like going out the window um, and I'm not asking for anything in return for it really like minimally. And yeah. then of course that breeds resentment, blah, blah, blah. Nobody feels happy in that environment. And what would you say about, I think there's something around like loyalty and team satisfaction that come from like running your business this way too. I feel like nobody on my team wants to leave my team because they're like, why would I, I get to do what I my CFO told me today, she's like, I wish my husband, <laughs> I hope she doesn't mind me saying this. I'll cut it if she does, but I don't think she'll care. <laughs> but she's like, I wish my husband had been awake last night after I was done doing your numbers because like, I was just so hot after being in those Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> the ultimate like dream for me would be to get like flowers from my CFO's husband saying, Thank you. I'm getting laid more because my wife loves working for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I I love that so much. And please don't cut this out of the episode because that I don't think she'll right care. There, I think <laughs> is what we forget about is that when we give people the five acres and the freedom of things that they really love and they're really good at. Yeah. They can get more done in one hour than yeah. someone who's mediocre can get done in a week. Yep. And I think, I mean, there's, I think there's many levels to this onion, but our school system teaches mediocrity because mm-hmm. we don't celebrate when somebody is really good at a subject. What do we do? We say, oh, you have a B or a C in this subject. You need to study harder instead of really cultivating whatever they're good at. Mm -hmm. which is why when I work with my clients, we really focus on traits and not tools or technology. So like, who is this person in their soul? Like that they're just going to be the perfect person. Like I know my bookkeeper is like one of those closed loop people will not rest until, you know, that one cent is found. And that's perfect. Like she, to your point about the CFO, she loves that. Whereas I know my marketing person, that's very much where she, she like is, is good. Like she can wear a few different hats if needed, like digging into the data, et cetera, et cetera. But I wouldn't put her on bookkeeping. Like that would be a disaster. Mm -hmm. And so when you know how somebody is innately made and what their skills are, then you can help them be more successful and have the tools back them up or teach them how to use the tools but you will never have somebody that's a people person love being in the spreadsheets and the data and all of that. 
think it's just not going to happen. And it's, I always laugh when I hear like sales teams be like, we just need you to fill out, you know, Salesforce or something. And I'm like, guys, they're never going to do that because to them, that's a waste of their time. They know that them talking and selling is worth way more. So find somebody that can do that for them. Yeah. Um, and yes. so I just, I love your CFO getting all hot and bothered in the <laughs> sheets. <laughs> She's, I was like, you need to make a t-shirt that says from the sheets to the sheets. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. You so, know your person's in the right job. I'm like, you excel. Oh. <laughs> I know. I know. And I think if, if we pay attention, so I think as women, like this is a, a slight soapbox, but I think as women, we're programmed to be, yes, of course, mm-hmm. and like supportive and et cetera, which leads to, to your point, this deprogramming of saying yes to things we really mean no to. Yeah. And so when we take a moment and we get really clear on what our talents are, what our passions are, what our expertise is, and then allow other people to support us, then that's when you really get that momentum and happiness and joy and fulfillment, because otherwise it's just kind of a slog and nobody wants to work anywhere where it feels like it's a slog. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. This is like everything. And I, I hear this so many times, even people, you guys, like I, you know, people can book a 90 minute session with me if they just want to do a single session and, um, we'll do strategy or RRT or whatever. And so like, I've met some really interesting people like this, some people who are like uh, in finance and like, or run like $50 million businesses that are like so far out of the coaching industry. So I've kind of got to see a nice little glimpse into all of that. And I would say even the people who are in the coaching world and personal development is their thing. Like they're still not clear on like the concept. I call this like obligatory energy. Like don't say yes to anything in obligatory energy. Well, it's like, I'm supposed to, or someone will get mad if, or like whatever. It's like, I'll get mad at you if you say yes and obligatory energy on my team. That's the only time where I'm like, the fuck, stop it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I never yell at my team normally. I'm like, we celebrate failures, all the things, but I'm like, are you kidding? Are you kidding? You guys know better. But so, yeah, it's like there is this thing around like um, what it means to be good or what it means to be bad or like especially mo- like we're praised for the fact that we're like we're the nurse, we're the chef, we're like the boo-boo queen, we're this and that to our children and we do it all. But then we take that same mentality into our business and we ultimately like eventually want to burn it to the ground or it never really fully gets off the ground because it's just too much for one person to carry. So Yeah. Well, you're basically riding two horses with one ass. This, your metaphors are fantastic. Jeez. Every <laughs> time I'm like, that was a good one. That was a good one. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, I feel like metaphors and um, I don't know, are my love language, that and sarcasm. But I feel like <laughs> we have to remember that for everything we say yes to, that means we have to say no to something else. And even if like, especially if we're in that obligatory energy, then that creates this like not self tornado where then suddenly we're like not at our best. It's taking up brain space and energy. And I just, I know, and I've seen so often where it's, it's almost like an upper limit thing where we're so close and we're afraid of like what that next level looks like that then we're like, yes, I will say yes to this squirrel thing that's happening over here, even though I know it's not aligned with vision. Mm -hmm. If we don't have the people around us that are saying, is that in vision? Is that where you really want to go? Is this helping or hindering? Um, Because the three pounds between your ears can be either your biggest ally or your biggest adversary. And if you don't have like the ability to pull out and and see where you're going and make sure that you're going in the same direction. Cause it's impossible to read the label when you're in the bottle, when you're just going to get stuck in the loop of doing label in the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're going to get stuck in the loop of busy versus productive. Yes. You guys, humans need humans. Like I loved what you said. Like if you are, you know, if you're not like bringing people in, surrounding yourself with people who like give you a different perspective, if you're either like, 
it's like the the concept of like the angel and the devil one on each shoulder like which one are you listening to right uh which is more like conscious and unconscious a lot of times are how people perceive that and I mean like even me yesterday I was messaging like a not I'm like what day is it this was Monday I'm like I am putting the white flag in the air like I feel like a crazy pants I know I'm not making decisions that are in alignment with this vision I need perspective I need support that's hard for a like a hyper independent Virgo to ask for but I really had to train myself to do that to to choose people that I could have like that in my world and then actually to wave the white flag you guys so like I understand if that's a challenge for you but also absolutely crucial if you do want to build that business that you're happy to have that you could sell if you wanted to, but maybe you don't, you know, like, um, Lauren, I would say you're doing the Lord's work. (laughs) This is what we say (laughs) on my team all the time. Every time someone does something great, we're like, you are doing the Lord's work, like slow clap. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah your metaphor is li- the one about like the, the bottle reading the label from the inside of the bottle like really really got me I'm like I'm gonna go back and take notes the barnacle the label all the things <laughs> well I'm so glad I'm so glad. yes okay so what would be a way that somebody could connect with you if they want to work with you hire you privately or do you have um, different offers that would support someone in some sort of um, evaluation of their business Yeah. So the easiest way to connect with me, since I'm already in your ears, is over on my podcast, the Biz Doctor podcast with Maureen Goldstein available on all platforms. You'll see my pretty, my pretty face. Um, Or you can pop over to our website, goldenkeypartnership.com, where you can, there are some resources that we have there. You can book a consultation. Um, I also have a LinkedIn newsletter that I send weekly. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to be on the show. And I hope that, that what we shared can help someone avoid some of the potholes that I would have loved to avoid when I first started my business. Do you have any like downloadables or anything where people could do a little bit of a diagnostic, something that they could do on their own so that they could see like, maybe do I need to bring in a heavy hitter like you, or what would be like a resource where like, Someone who's like building up to that hundred K that person, like, what would you recommend? Mm, You're actually the second person that's asked me about a DIY diagnostic. So maybe, maybe that's like the little soon guys. My favorite resource is actually our golden key scorecard. So um, this is something that I created over the past 12 years from various sundry different things. I love it because um, if you've not hired, you might not have this pain point, but if you've hired before you have like the job description and then you have the like reviews and, and everything's all over the place and nothing's very clear. So I created this to be basically the cockpit of your role where you can see all in one place. What is the mission of the role? What are their accountabilities? It has the monthly check-in has their one thing, the traits that you're looking for. And the reason I bring this up is is two reasons. One, it's going to help you get the most out of your current team. If you have a team and you don't have that clarity about how everyone fits together. Um, and it's also in this weird place in time we are with, um, employment. It's also going to help make sure that you're getting the most out of your team. Or if you need to let someone go, it'll give you very clear, uh, signs, (laughs) but the best part is if you haven't hired before, it's going to help you proactively hire and really think through who that person that you're next going to hire is. So you don't waste time and money and frustration hiring the wrong person. Like I had, I had a client the other day actually text me and she's like, SOS. So a former client, but she's like, SOS, we just hired an admin person and we had to let her go three days later. And I'm like, what? That's, that's crazy. And I said, did you do the scorecard first? And she went, shit, that was the thing that I forgot to do. And then she filled it out and she was like, oh, I absolutely know why that person didn't work. And so like, don't, don't be that person that hires somebody and then fires them within a few weeks because you didn't do your homework. I need the scorecard card. <laughs> We're <laughs> yeah. like getting ready to hire a marketing person at some point in time in the next like quarter. And I'm like, oh, time to get a scorecard. Apparently <laughs> I've yeah, been I mean, so lucky with team, but I'm like, I think we could 
put a little bit more structure into this for sure. Definitely one of my favorite tools. And I would say when I do speaking and I talk about it, it's probably one of the number one reasons people hire me because they're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Okay. So we'll put that, we'll drop all of that in the show notes for you guys. Um, And then where are you on social? Um, I'm a, what, what do they call us? elder millennial. So I am, I'm really only on Instagram at it's Lauren Goldstein or LinkedIn. I don't do the TikTok, all the things, <laughs> but like, you would laugh if I told you the things that I have recently discovered about Instagram that people have known for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I have this conversation with my friends all the time. My friend just learned like the pen tool the other day and I was like, Oh, Wait, there's a pen tool. See, see, this is like, (laughs) honestly, you guys are going to laugh and hopefully this makes me seem relatable and not like a total doofus. But, um, I was like, my PR person happens to be Lauren, who, you know, Melissa through, Uh I was like, okay, I would be so happy if I didn't have to talk like Pee Wee Herman to try and fit everything in 30 seconds on a reel. And she's like, why don't you just make it 90? And I was like, what you can do what? that? <laughs> yes, you can. So here we go. <laughs> yes, oh, well. that's okay. You stay in your beautiful little zone of genius. You keep Thank being you. an amazing little wiper blade that's perfect at wiper blading <laughs> duties. Yeah, and I will. And that's what you have Lauren for. (laughs) Yes. Oh, Lauren, you were so amazing. This was so valuable. And um, thank you for sharing the scorecard details. And then everybody go subscribe to Lauren's podcast. Yes. Um, All links and show notes. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. You're my pleasure. Having a business does not equal freedom. In fact, making money does not also equal freedom. It's money that makes money that actually equals real, real true freedom. At least when we're talking about the concept of like time and location freedom. I know for me in 2021, at the end of 2021, I asked myself a question and the question was, if I took my hands off of anywhere in my business, what would happen? And the answer is everything would stop, at least anything that had to do with my business bringing in income. I couldn't take a very long break. I could take some breaks, like I had an assistant, I had someone coming in that was working on um, helping me work on brand. I had some support, but I hadn't really built the full dream team. And I set this intention for myself that I was going to I was going to put together the million dollar dream team, the dream team that would actually create real freedom, not just for myself, but for them and for everyone else too. So I created a program called Daddy Energy. And the interesting thing that occurred when we launched this program after I had built the dream team and I was like, okay, I have something to say on this now, something really, really valuable that's going to support people um, on this topic of team most specifically around um, leadership, um, organization, roles, responsibilities, vision, um, and in everyone. You guys know how when people say it's like, nobody can ever do it as well as me, but like I can find someone who can do it, right? Or nobody's ever going to love my business like me. I say bullshit. I say anybody who doesn't love your business like you just hasn't had the vision cast for them in a way that's really going to cultivate energy. And that is part of what we teach in Daddy Energy. But the interesting thing that occurred when we were launching this program was um, I had surgery right before the launch and I couldn't launch it. So my team actually launched Daddy Energy. This is the first time ever I had my hands completely off of the wheel for the beginning of a launch. And my team brought in the first five figures of that launch. That never happened for me before. That's called money making money. That's how you build a business that has longer legs than you do. And that's my North Star. I want my business to far succeed how fast I can run. And if I can still run, eventually I want a business that is going to live beyond my years in this this human body. 
So I don't know what you want from your business. I don't know if it's just you want to be able to take a week off and the business still makes money, the business still grows, the business still moves. I don't know if you want to be able to take a month off, if you want to be able to summer in Europe. I don't know if you want to... Um, I don't know if eventually you want your business to be sellable. I don't know if eventually you want um, that longevity, that legacy that I do. I don't know what your intention is, but I do know that if you want any sort of real freedom where money can make money in your business, you need the dream team. And I want to show you guys how I did that and I teach that in Daddy Energy. And the cool thing is, is I'm going to drop a really, really special, yummy, delicious irresistible code for you guys in the show notes right now. So check that out. And then here just from a few of the amazing leaders that stepped into this program. So we've had people join Daddy Energy who are already making millions of dollars in their in their business and then also hundreds of dollars in their business. So it doesn't really actually matter whether you are making a ton of money or you want to be able to make a ton of money. It's how do you want your business, your team, money making money to feel? What do you want that experience to be like? So like I said, we've had um, people who've made millions of dollars in their business and needed to rebuild the team come into Daddy Energy. We had people who already had a team and the team just wasn't functioning at its best come into Daddy Energy. And these people were making great money as well. And then we've had people who've come in and they're like, I'm at the beginning and I want to learn how to do this right from the start so I don't have to go in and redo anything. They don't want to have to burn it to the ground later or they don't want to have to completely reorganize everything. All of the above um, have joined Daddy Energy. And here's some of the things that some people have said. Elizabeth Fay, who's the founder of Hair Love University, she is a TEDx speaker and also a participant in Daddy Energy, said this. Daddy Energy is for the entrepreneur who wants to lead in her feminine. This has been some of my biggest healing over the years, refining how I lead and how I lead team and scale as a feminine CEO. This program pairs perfectly for that journey. So if you're ready to lean into magic ease, flow, pleasure, and magnetism, this is a full body, wet, juicy. Yes. <laughs> you could tell Elizabeth is absolutely my ideal client. What I do want to say though, is daddy energy isn't just for women. Daddy energy is about masculine and feminine energy, but that has nothing to do with gender. It has to do with more like feminine energy being intuition and creativity, masculine energy being um, like system structure and logic. So that doesn't have anything to do with gender. It just has to do with like, what do we lead with and how do we support with? And we definitely um, teach you all of that in Daddy Energy. Amanda Chills is a trauma therapist and also owns a practice and um, has other therapists working with her. And the cool thing is, is I got to actually watch her go from making about a couple hundred grand a year in her coaching business last year to this year making that by July. Obviously, making such a big quantum leap often requires team. And here's what she said about her experience in daddy energy. She said, I was growing my team while going through daddy energy. The way Andrea embodied and spoke about leadership, partnership, and team is unusual in a good way. She adores her team and is so clear she wants them to grow, even if that means outgrowing her and that kind of energy is true leadership. I wanted that, so I jumped into the program. She helped me grow my team without losing my mind and with a heart-led leadership. A lot of people talk about that. Andrea is about it. All her programs are fire and blend masculine structure with feminine embodiment and daddy energy is no different. Honestly, when it comes to Andrea's programs, the quality is ridiculous and learning feels effortless. So buying is such an easy decision. Here's just a couple. So Amanda was making a couple hundred grand a year, did that again in about the next seven months this year. And then um, Elizabeth was already making seven figures and was looking to change the way that she was leading in her experience and leadership and team and both can work. So if you guys want a yummy, juicy, delicious discount for daddy energy, check the show notes. In fact, if you check it today, right now, it's going to be a little bit more exciting than it's going to be in 48 hours. We do have a, a special 48 hour benefit going on for you guys or a discount rather. And then after that, we're going to give you guys your normal um, podcast promo. Either one's going to be yummy. Just check it. It's kind of like a magic little Easter egg. So check the show notes and see which one you're going to get today.
<laughs> Maybe we're going to come in and like change this frequently. That could be fun. We'll see. <laughs> the last experience that I want to share with you guys um, is from Ashay Sandara, who is a Tantra polarity trauma healing and feminine embodiment coach. And she's not new to the block in business. She had already been making multiple seven figures. She's done really well in business and was needing to reestablish team. And um, so here's her ex- experience with daddy energy. She DM'd me and said, daddy energy was so good for me. The team culture that's running since listening to this program makes me feel so alive, supported, and held in my work. The relationship aspect and energetic attunement you bring is everything and so unique. We're thriving because of it. Thank you. Yes, you guys. Oh, the, I wanted to end with that one because that's it. It's like the relationship aspect and energetic attunement. For me, that's it. Like my team, they're family. And I've always treated business that way. In fact, when I used to be, my primary business used to be in network marketing, our team was called Misfit Republic. And I used to always say misfit means family. Like there's no hierarchy. We're doing this together. Here's the vision. And we're all moving in the same direction. And I collected people who wanted to move in that same direction. This is how I've always been. This is always what I've believed in. It's just how I teach um, how I teach this concept in leadership, it's really based off of, honestly, the last about 12 years in business from starting a network marketing and starting with a team of one, me, and then leading that into a team of over 3,000 people, and then starting my own business and cultivating my own team and selling um, and selling my own programs and turning that into a seven-figure business as well. It's always been about creating something where we're all so in love with the direction that we're headed in together, that the energy is just overflowing. It's natural. The loyalty that's created um, from a team like that is unparalleled, unmatched, and just so fulfilling. You just, you can't beat it. It, It makes, it's what makes the best and the hardest parts of business so fucking worth it because you have people who are on that journey with you. So that's daddy energy. If that's what you're looking to cultivate in your team, check the show notes for that delicious, yummy coupon code, and we'll see you in daddy energy. As always, Andrea dropped the mic. I'm Lorelai Taylor, COO of The Unruly Entrepreneur. If you enjoyed listening, please follow, review, and share with your friends. As always, anything mentioned in the show will be detailed in the show notes. And to keep up with everything going on with Andrea, check her out at love underscore Andrea Crowder on Instagram and check her links for some fun surprises too. Thanks for listening. We're so glad you're here.